I V M. Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. I am Ashton Doctor, your Habit Coach. And today with me, I have two people all the way from Australia, Shimi and Jess. I just finished their handstand workshop recently and this is the second workshop that I'm doing with them and they're absolutely brilliant. As you know, I've been practicing my handstand for many, many years and it's a frustrating and it's a hard process, but they run a school and in fact, they are the first school in Melbourne to just teach arm balances. So welcome, Jess. Welcome, Shimi. Hello. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Ash. Thank you. So let's get straight into it, saying that there is a method called controlled, what is it called? Controlled Controlled strength, strength, right? What is controlled strength? Controlled strength is an amalgamation of different modalities. Mm -hmm. Um, So what it does is that it takes techniques from different modalities to allow you to achieve rapid progress in your arm balances. What is In a the, but why control strength? What is the thought behind it? Because we control our movements. So okay. if you do our classes, there are no exercises with brute force. Correct. Everything is done in a controlled manner because it directly translates into the arm balance transitions mm. where we control the movement from one arm balance to another. So the whole idea is not just getting it into the into the rhythm and just like pushing up into it but in fact understanding how your body moves and getting into an arm balance and holding it there right exactly so controlling your body throughout the movement you know it was so interesting because in our workshop we did handstands right at the end you know like 75 percent of the workshop was just focusing on these minute muscles that we completely ignore and we completely forget about but those are the ones that actually get your handstand to work yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So yeah. which according to you are the most fundamental muscles to focus on from a arm balancing perspective? So we'll talk in layman's terms. Okay. So I'm not going to get into detail as to which muscle exactly we need to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, the most important part of arm balancing mm. is your shoulder girdle. Okay. So you need to develop your shoulders mm. in order to arm balance properly. Mm. It doesn't mean to say that you do traditional strength exercises. There are very, very specific exercises to be done in order for you to gain access in a different manner through Hmm. your shoulder blades. Okay. Um, And that's what's needed for arm balances. So I would say, yes, your shoulder girdle is Hmm. the most important to develop before, uh, as as you kickstart your arm balance practice or as you level up in your arm balance practice. And why is arm balancing such an important thing? Like, why focus just on arm balancing? (laughs) Why focus on just pole dancing? Right. Right? So there there are people who who exercise a lot, mm-hmm. you know, these days, especially with, you know, social media and stuff, uh, you've got, the, the exercise industry is booming. So everyone's exercising, Absolutely. everyone's, you know, working out, everyone's training. Um, but what happens when you do it in a very generic way, you start to get bored. Hmm. So arm balance, pole dancing, running, whatever you choose, it's all just a different mode of training. Right. We are interested in arm balances. Mm. So we want to teach people to go on their hands and have fun, basically. 
And and this is something that anyone can start off doing. Is it is it only for the advanced people who've been working out for years? How does it work? It is for anyone. So we work with beginners right through to advanced. Okay. Um, a lot of the time, beginners think they cannot do it yeah. because the moment they see something different, our, that's how our mind works. We go, okay, we can't do that. It's just so intimidating seeing someone upside down, right? It is. Just, it is. And and to be honest, that was one of the things that we had to work with. The, the fact yeah. that people found it intimidating and people uh, were holding themselves back from actually trying it. Uh, but the thing mm-hmm. is, you really just have to get on your hands to start with. Mm. And and everything, all the opportunities will open up from there. So yes, it's for beginners right through to intermediate, advanced. And can you share some stories on people who have come at a very beginner level and how they progressed and what was their mindset when they came in and how did that change over a period of time? Okay, so with the mindset, uh, this will probably be a pretty long story. Yeah, go for it. Um, (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) Uh, Because I'm sure a lot of people will be able to relate to this. Because they're like, why would I even think about doing a handstand? 100%. It's it's such a... It's just a, it's a teda, you know what teda means? Teda is like, it's such a sideways thought, is, mm-hmm. right? It, it's a twisted thought. Like, why would I even want to stand on my hands? Yes. So let's start off. What, why should people be doing this? Okay. Hmm. So uh, the people that we've worked with, the biggest hurdle, hmm. I would say, in terms of mindset is to get them through our studios. The moment they they make the decision to pay and go and do our programs, that is the biggest hurdle. Right. It's right? just that first step of just yes, saying, I just, need to do this. Exactly. Or I want to do this. Yeah. So we have had, even Annika, you know Annika. Yeah. So Annika is one of the girls mm. in my team. Um, she followed me, followed our organization for a year before she decided oh. to to. Register, And we have so many people like that. Hmm. We have people sending us messages and emails saying, um, what shall I do to strengthen myself before I sign up for your program? Right. What should I do before I yeah. come? Yes. They want to be prepared before they actually come into the program. And it's defeating the purpose because there's so much preparation in the program itself that goes into the program. But do you think that them. people should prep a little bit before coming? Like... Just like open up the wrists or something? I don't know. what. There's nothing you need to do except hmm. from making that decision right. and have be brave enough to trust that you'll be taken through the process. And that's why it's a f- eight weeks hmm. program. Correct. Like there's a progression throughout. It's not you come in and you do the thing straight away. Yeah. It's and like y'all were saying that there's no chance y'all will leave this workshop doing a handstand. And that yeah, is perfectly exactly. fine. It's not a, you're not going to get it overnight. Yeah, you're not going right. to get it overnight. And yeah, like, remember we were discussing about skills yesterday. Yeah. And why should people have skill training as part of their physical uh, fitness training perspective? Go for it. They don't have to. Hmm. This is the thing. You don't have to do pole dancing. Hmm. You don't have to do bodyweight skill. Hmm. You don't have to do uh, bodybuilding. Hmm. The biggest thing is the interest. Right. Yeah, um, we all know we have to move one way or another. And a lot of the time what happens is that we start moving in a very basic manner. So the the things that we know of, Mm. um, 
that can be general strength training, resistance training, or even, you know, when someone has never gotten off the couch and right. they go, okay, I'm going to make my decision today to move. What do they think of? The easiest thing to mm. get you moving is yoga. Right. That, and, and usually, I mean, yoga is not easy. Right. But the mindset is that, okay, let me go for this because this I can ease into it. Okay. Right. So they've started there. And then they start to to experience arm balancing mm, in yoga. Mm. And then they go, okay, this interests me. I want to go deeper into it. Okay. Same with resistance training. You do resistance training um, and you do the same kind kinds of things for extended periods of time. And then you go, okay, I'm bored now. Correct. I want to try a different mode of training. Right. So I want to go and try this arm balancing, pole dancing, you know, whatever it is. Correct. And this is how we fit into the whole um, system. System, yes. Yeah. It, um, for me, it was very different. For me, mm. uh, when I was going through my fitness journey, it was that I want to create a body that I'm never going to be afraid of. Right? Mm. So for me, learning new skills was me mentally getting stronger saying that you know i can actually do this like the mm. first time i went on the aerial silks which are these long cloth pieces that hang from the ceiling and you actually climb them up and touch the ceiling it is life altering it is it is very liberating it is liberating you're like yes. i can do this this is nothing now what more can i do right it yeah. is it is this uh, you get a certain strength That's, from it yeah. yeah and and mental emotional and physical resilience if, Getting if, all of them together. Yeah. And I think it's also part of human nature, like to keep that curiosity mm -hmm. of saying, okay, where can I actually go with my body? Where can I go with my capacity? I think personally, my, my perspective is skill work is essential to our human nature because it changes that story of, oh, I need to be motivated in order to do things. Mm -hmm. Switch and swap motivation with curiosity. Right. Skill work maintains that curiosity because you'll never be finished with attaining new skills. And I believe that mm. control strength in that <clears throat> regards is a beautiful way to initiate, but also to sustain this for a lifetime. Correct. Because the minute you unlock your handstand, it's opening up a whole new can of worms. Right. And that skill work will continue to sustain itself as long as you keep true to your practice. Absolutely. So I, I do believe it's really... I love this mindset switch. Curiosity, right? Yeah. You move from frustration, which yeah. is always associated with, with skill work, and that's something we should talk about, to curiosity. That's right. And as soon as you start saying that, wow, mm. what more can I do? That's when it becomes interesting. Mm. Right? Fantastic. Frustration. You've had a lot of experience with people and yes. frustration. Yes. Um, arm balancing is one of the most frustrating practice. I've said this many times mm -hmm. and I think we all can agree. Um, because it's skill work. Yeah. Um, it's, not, it's not something where you progress with just load and you work on the same patterns. It's uh, increasing complexity. And when you increase complexity, you are adding different form of movement. So you're changing the load through different uh, patterns. So 
frustrations with the arm balancing itself uh we've got many <laughs> so, and and there is you know you hit plateaus you 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 feel like you don't move um you're stuck at a certain point um all of this contributes to frustration mm. um we deal with the frustration really through support okay yeah yeah the community the, the community the support yeah. the support through the coaches and that is very important mm. um for example when i'm training on my own <laughs> oh my god you should see us sometimes okay yes yeah, so <laughs> when when i'm training on my own sometimes it gets very hard mm. to finish a set um and you get frustrated because the, when it comes to skill work like i said complexity and you don't get to it's it's not as easy as just pushing a load up mm. or or pulling you know a, a load up it's because you're adding that complexity um it when you don't finish a set because of that complexity it can get very very frustrating right. but when you're on your own the risk of you not finishing a set is greater than than there's someone is but in this instance Jess and I have been mm. training in this last two weeks together oh, for, yeah. Yeah, yeah a lot every and, day yeah every day and uh, with just saying no you can do this let's just finish this mm. uh because with skill work what happens is when you lose a movement mm. you need to keep doing it for that period of time during that training to actually get it back am i making sense mm. yeah so you need someone supporting you throughout that duration of your training mm. to not allow you to give up mm. so the frustration comes in because of the frustration there is you know you, you want to give up Correct. uh but the support through the coaches and the community right. that we have built with you know all our practitioners uh will push them that little further i love this thought because frustration is something that we see in habit change as well mm. right and when we're talking about habits you'll be like oh i got this down for the first week and then i completely dropped it and i can't believe i have to start all the way from zero again mm. right and one of the core principles of habit change is to get yourself an accountability partner mm. right so the whole idea is how does somebody else or being accountable to somebody else keep you motivated or at least keep you on track if not motivated saying that okay i have to do this today and um mm. like i was telling you we're coming out with a habit coaching app mm. and part of the app is to get an accountability partner on board yes. so it builds that community as well so that you can immediately really have cool. uh, someone to support you when you're in those frustrated moments yeah. yeah yeah and that's that's really true like the more the more we in this exchange the more we talk about it the more i realize as well that in in power and posture like the community is so profoundly important But what do you do when you don't have an accountability partner? partner? And I think at the at the very beginning level that's very hard you do need that you other need, person. Yes. Mm. But now I'm thinking about what is it that makes it different when you work alone for instance in in Shimian and my case and I think if you don't have that person time clock time can mm. become that accountability partner. So you you literally make an appointment with yourself and you say for that 10 minutes from 10 to 10 yep. 
No matter what happens in that bracket of time, I am dedicated to that skill work because skill work will not show itself or the gains mm. of skill work will not show itself as clearly as, okay, I've lifted that bar for five reps, for five sets done. It comes in more subtle ways. Correct. And sometimes even it comes at times where you precisely didn't think it's going to come. When you least expect it. That's yeah. right. Mm. So you need to find another another way to deal with that. And right. that's why frustration can be so um, uh, possible with skill work. And therefore, I think time, pockets of time, is the way to keep yourself accountable. Yeah, it's so important. Guys, they're dropping truth bombs all over the place. I hope you're taking notes because keeping an appointment with yourself <laughs> to do this and setting a Time limit can be accountability partner. I think it's a beautiful thought on how to move away mm-hmm. from frustration. Right? You're going to get frustration, but like it's going to happen. But ju- just to start. Just to show up. Number one, show up and actually yes. surround yourself uh, around people with similar interests. Yeah. Because oh, that yes. is very important. It, a lot of the time we get demotivated mm. because we are not surrounding ourselves around those people. That's big. Those, yeah, those kind of people. Mm. Um, for me, if I'm at home, <laughs> because my husband does not do what I do, right. it can get very hard for me to go, okay, I'm going to the gym now. Correct. Yeah, nice. so that's why I have developed the habit of working out, uh, I don't like to use that word, but training. Um, yeah, training is such a bad word. Yeah. <laughs> mm. training, training the first thing in the morning. Mm. So that's the first thing I do uh, in the morning. So I don't need to deal with, you know, my husband going, no, you don't have to go to the gym now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and guys, I just found this out yesterday. Shimi wakes up at three in the morning. I do. Can yeah. you imagine this lunatic? <laughs> like, three in the morning? Like I thought five o'clock and me was bad. Like anyway, she's like, take the cake. So on many things to do. So many things, so little time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the other thing I wanted to talk to you guys about was the philosophy yes. that you all share in, in Power and Posture and the way that you all create this community. So they were telling me about this yesterday and I thought it would be a fantastic thing to share with all of y'all. Go for it. How do y'all approach this community thought and what are the principles that guide your community? What are the principles that guide our community? Um, I think the biggest value is humor. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually very important to me. But um, I would say the second thing is... So not taking yourself too seriously, right? Not taking yourself too seriously. Absolutely. not really. You have to. You have to do the serious things. <laughs> no, you do the, the serious, serious things, things, but don't, but take, don't yourself take yourself to serious. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, arm balances for everyone. Mm. So we are for everyone. As we, we, as we spoke about earlier mm. just now, everyone, most people mm. are intimidated mm. by arm balancing mm. and they don't start because they think they cannot get there. Mm. And I think we spoke about this yesterday as well yes. where um, where we spoke about grasping too far. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's about just taking the first step. Right. And just in a nutshell, what we help you do is we help you take that first step mm. because arm balancing or any form of training really is for everyone. You just need to know where to start, how much your dosage is going to be, and how complex your training is going to be. Yeah. And a very important point, 
what would be the starting point for any unbalance? Like where if somebody is getting off the couch for the first time in 10 years, mm-hmm. what would be the first step? The first step is to actually prepare your wrists. Okay. So... Um, our wrists are not made for hand balancing right. because of you know the structure, but human bodies are highly adaptable and you can train it to do anything. Mm. So the health of the wrist is key okay. before you even put load on it. And I'm not talking arm balances. Mm. I am talking training mm-hmm. because we in in. Any modality, you've got push-ups, you've got plank, you've got in yoga, it's, you know, basically mostly push. Mm. But a lot of us, you know, there are some people who are naturally strong, mm-hmm. who don't feel it in your wrist. Mm-hmm. But the general population don't really have strong wrists for obvious reasons. We do not walk on our hands Correct. every day. So it is important to take care of the health of the wrist. Right. So when I say health of the wrist, we want to build the structure of the wrist with some strength work mm-hmm. and also ensure that it is mobile enough to bear load when I say mobile strength in range okay yeah so there are certain exercises that would be appropriate for something like this or is there something basic that people can do like if you had to describe something that like I don't know push a wall is just like get P- into push pl- a wall um, it, it's Okay, I will, Jess will try describing it. Come yeah. on, Jess. Yeah. So basically something very accessible to anyone would be to go down on two all fours. Mm-hmm. And most people will relate to uh, the position if I say it's a similar position you would take to do a cat to cow okay. um, in a yoga mm-hmm. uh, class setting, for instance. It's like a crawling position. Correct. Right. Yeah. Mm. But you're on your knees and if you have bad knees, you can still put some some um, some buffer, a cushion or something underneath your knees. And basically you would go through a range of motion with your hands right underneath the shoulders um, that looks like a calf raise okay. for your wrists. So you would basically lift the wrist mm-hmm. up to the first row of your knuckles mm-hmm. with all four fingers staying glued to the ground and the thumb being the only one that lifts and you would lower down back to the ground with resistance so you would go down in a very slow manner and you would just go up and down like this with with a rhythm but not collapsing right. down to the floor controlled controlled lifting and lowering of the wrists down to the ground Mm. and that is basically a very simple exercise that we do with different hands orientation okay so we would start with 10 reps with the fingers facing forward Mm -hmm. then changing the hand placement with the fingers facing out to the sides and then turning the fingers all the way back to face your knees Mm. and then do it from there now, it all seems quite simple, but there's little details as well that are very, very essential, um, such as not straight, uh, not uh, bending the arms, mm. um, keeping the shoulders above the wrists as you do that. So there's still weight on the wrists. Correct. Weight, yeah. The load yeah. is very the load important. Is on, the yeah. load has to be on the wrists, mm. right? Mm. Yes. Um, and then doing doing about 10 reps uh, of each, you will mm. start to feel that burning sensation or that that warmth building up. And that's up. what we want, and that's the yes. strength building up in the body as well. Correct, and and honestly, like um, I think we also spoke about this yesterday. If if this person that um, is not only trying to get 
get past that mental block of oh I can't do this mm-hmm. arm balancing is not for me I, I can't I can't possibly do it even if they made the choice to wake up every morning and just do their wrist prep there is going to be a change in the mindset right they're already they're not just thinking of the person they want to be they're already being the person they want to be right they are already impersonating that change and that is powerful because at some point or another they're gonna feel like okay now what Mm. i'm doing this wrist prep i'm doing 30 reps every morning Mm. what's the next thing it's become easy exactly now what and that's when the curiosity strikes Mm. and with the trust of feeling oh that's easy Mm. you can take the next step Correct. Everyone just sees handstand mm. and then says, eh, can't do. And yeah. And let's but watch there TV is instead. a lot of prep yeah. for Definitely. arm balancing. Like, like, you know, yesterday, was it yesterday? No. Day before. Day before. Mm. Saturday's workshop, mm. you see how much we prep you before we actually introduce you because oh, yes. that's how hand balancing is introduced mm. into your practice mm. because for the mere reason that you need to prepare your body for any form of exercise that you're going to be doing mm. and and hand balancing is not what is the word i'm looking for it's not natural correct yeah it's not it's we're not designed we're not designed it. so when you're not designed the prep work needs to be more mm. um mm. when yeah, for example, if you're going to start running, the first thing you do is walk, Correct. right? But we're designed to do that. So it is more straightforward <laughs> than hand balancing. Interesting. What would be the first habit people should think about anything that they're doing with their body or taking that first step or whatever? Anything that they're doing with their body, mm-hmm. they just need to take that first step. They mm. need to show up. The decision to actually take the first step mm. is very, very important mm. because a lot of us have a goal, mm-hmm. but what we do is our goal is so far from where we are that just reaching for it feels like so much work. Correct. And then it's easier to not do anything instead. Right. So that first step, making that decision to take that first step and actually have a goal that you can reach in like a a week. Like do, for example, doing your wrist prep for every day for a week Mm. and just feeling your wrist get stronger in that short time frame. Correct. Yeah, it's very, very important. You have something to add, Jess? Yeah, I mean, um, also... (laughs) I'm just comparing. So yeah. uh, obviously, maybe there's there's a lot of people with different backgrounds um, listening to us right now. And uh, with a background in long distance running, what immediately popped into my head is if you have any hope to finish a marathon or to reach that finish line, you, you're going to have to run. You're going to have yeah. to take that first step. Like you can't just think yourself crossing that line yes the vision is very important but you have you have to start moving my mom once Mm. um when i was a lot younger i i am the kind of person who looks too far ahead Mm. and Mm, and then it you relate to that yeah i look too far ahead and then it gets overwhelming because that's my character right and when i used to do when when i used to sit for exams 
it would get so overwhelming for me with the fact that it had more than 40 questions. Right. And the moment I would get the paper, I would flip through the paper and I would go, oh my God, 40 questions, how am I going to finish this? And then there's that panic, you've got that time, I got 40 questions, what do I do? Mm. So mm. my mom once sat with me and she said, you take a paper, you get your question, you don't look through the whole thing, you take that paper and you cover all the other questions. Mm. You do question number one, mm. you finish question number one. Mm. You move on to question number two, you finish question number two. Don't worry about time. It's okay if you don't finish the questions. Right. So it was not about, I mean, obviously being uh, in a, being brought up in a Southeast Asian background, you do have to get high marks. Right. But because of, yeah, yeah, yeah. you do have to get 100%. <laughs> um, but because of what my character was um, and my personality and how I approached this, this seemed very apt. And this is what I would say to to most people, because this ha actually happens to most people, it can get very overwhelming because you go, okay, I want to do the handstand. Because mm. handstand is not easy. Mm -hmm. It's not like you can take a single person out of the streets who who has never done anything before and say, okay, kick up into a handstand. Yeah. No, it doesn't happen that way. Mm. It's like your examinations. Mm -hmm. You have to take it one step at a time. Don't think of that handstand now. That handstand is going to come. Mm. But follow the process. Take that first step. Take that second step. Take that third step. And that handstand is going to come. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, the reason why I wanted the Power and Posture team on the show was that there was so much of a synergy between what they're doing with handstands and the way we approach habits. Because if you say that I want to run a marathon, like Jess was saying, you have to first put on your shoes. And what we do in habit change is exactly that. We don't look at the end destination, but we look at how the habit compounds over time. Each mm -hmm. element of the habit, every time you perform it, every time you perform it, every time you perform it, gets stronger and hardwired into you. And that's ultimately what we're looking for. So it's not the end goal, like you're saying, it's not the 40 questions at the end, but it is that one question followed by the next, followed by the next, followed by the next, and somewhere along the line, you finish the paper. Right? Yes. That's how we should be approaching habit change. That's how we should be approaching personal development. And anything that we actually see, don't get intimidated, right? And in fact, one of the last points I wanted to bring up was this, because most people starting off get intimidated by seeing people around them, right? Mm. And you were discussing this yesterday, saying that, especially in the skill class, everyone's at a different level. So if you're just going to start comparing yourself with people, you're screwed. Yeah, right? you're not going to move anywhere, you're stuck. You're yeah. stuck. So yeah. how how do you guys get rid of that mindset in people? Like, hey, that person's doing this, but I can't do that. What, what, like, I, I know this because as soon as you enter a gym for the first time and you see all those weights around you and those torture machines, right? You're like, I don't know. Is this a pulling thing? Is this a pushing? Where do I put my hands? What do I do? <laughs> right? It's just so good. I, I think we would have two different perspectives on this because mm -hmm. Jess and I are both very different characters. Right. Um, for me, yes, when I started working out, the gym was intimidating mm. and and I thought walking to the gym and doing some doing whatever it is that I am supposed to do, I would be judged, mm. so it was very intimidating um, but 
what I did was I hired a personal trainer. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, because mm. you don't know what you don't know. Mm. So mm. the moment you start to expand your repertoire by actually getting someone who is a professional in that field to help you, you start to understand more and then you realize how to make this your own. Correct. And do you have something? Well, I like that. I like that perspective because it comes right back to the to the fact that one of the the big principal points is the the partner accountability mm. um, idea that we talked about right. before. So that's that's on a personal level in a gym context, but in the control strength method and the power and posture community, it's like you've got. 13 accountability bodies mm. and I think we set that mentality since the beginning especially as us coaches like the very first class we ensure without being so literal about it we ensure that they understand this is not an environment for competition competition is is healthy and it's part of it as well but it's camaraderie mm. and it's like it's co co-learning Right. And that everybody has their place. Um, <laughs> for me in the gym, though, that's a different story. <laughs> I started and definitely I had a completely different experience. For me, it was it was a sense of wonder. Mm. I did not come from a place of, um, of fear mm. at all. Mm. For me, it was more like, what is this torture machine? <laughs> like, how do I use it? <laughs> And lo and behold, I never really used them yeah. anyway. Um, I played around with them a little bit, but yeah. it, it's almost like this little kid that gets a new toy. The first week, it's super exciting, work, plays with it the whole day for five days, and then it loses its and interest. And here's the thing. This is what I say about boredom. Yeah. Mm. Like with training, you, you work with a single thing, and then you get bored, and then what? Then you what? keep adding load. Correct. So with skill work because the complexity changes so much Mm. you're not going to get bored and it's also you you we we know so many people are me included jess included we get to a point where we're like oh my god i need to get this Mm. and i will do whatever it takes Mm. to get this lovely yeah Yeah. superb so we've been talking about the philosophy yes i know that there are some things that you just do not allow (laughs) to happen at power and posture what are those Fluffiness. Fluffiness? Yes. What's fluffiness? So fluffiness is when you whine, you Mm. don't want to do stuff, you go, oh, this is hard, this is hard, this is hard. Mm. Um, Yeah. Mm. So we don't allow that at all and people know that. So You don't allow it? What do you do? um, Different coaches are different. Mm. I yell. Oh my god, we have the whole we yeah. have the whole palette of different approaches. Yes, different approaches. I I I basically don't allow it just with my mannerisms. Mm. So I I sit there beside them and I make sure that they get their sets and their reps done. Mm-hmm. And I do not allow any whining. So we've uh, we've heard I've heard I can't. Right. Um a lot of I can't and and one of the one of the consistent things that I say, <laughs> yes, you can. Your parents aren't here. Don't 
act like your parents are here because mm. only because you know as you grow up you know there's there are many times many times where your parents have said no you can't right oh, and this yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah so our our mindset especially for me because when uh, as a southeast asian child everything is done for you mm. you learn how to be independent very late in life right um mm. and your parents go you can't you can't you can't so that's that's one of the most you know consistent things i say in my class but mm. i'm a very military like trainer nice yeah so there is no opportunity for them to be fluffy okay just on the other hand wait 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 i need to add to this though <laughs> i need to add to this mm. this is too good seriously how could you miss that so maybe it's because shimi is shimi so mm. she won't see it the same way but she will come to you mm. and if you're fluffy mm. and you're just doing your own thing on mm. the side she's going to come to you with a very stern look and mm. what are you doing <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> and she asks that question in such a profound honest right through your face way you don't dare fluff around you can't and so oh, and now all my coaches do that yeah, yeah so oh now my. now this is something that we so we found just so so cool it's like now we actually try to impersonate that like what everything you doing? What are you doing? No, no, no. It's not not, not a, what, what you're you doing. doing. No, 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 no. What it's are like, you doing? What, what are, are you doing? doing? Like, <laughs> oh, just stand there and stare at them. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's what works for me. I think you should just do this in Instagram story every morning. What are you doing? <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. like, you just intimidate everyone. <laughs> immediately that, yes. Immediately at the point where you're like, oh, I don't want to wake up. I don't want to do it. What, what are, are you, you doing? We work well. And it's it's interesting because I think like all the coaches it, at Power and Posture, it's such a unique team. Mm. It's such an amazing team of individuals because everybody has such different ways, and it all works. Right. If you weren't true to your own own being, it wouldn't come across as legit. Your own style. And and I'm quite petite, and I can I can look like I'm. Um, I can't really command space, mm. but I think I do everything with such a heartfelt um, intent mm. that for me, what works is I also, I stay silent. Mm. I look at them and I am so sincere about how disappointed I am <laughs> that they're like, oh my God, we're yeah, going to disappoint Jess. We no, can't do that. But the relationship is important. The yeah. reason why yeah, our practitioners practice no fluff is because we have that relationship with them. And this relationship can only be built um, over consistent time. True. And that is why we have eight-week programs. Right. And our results are maximized mm. and we've got rapid progress mm. because it's an eight-week program where you see the same faces for eight weeks. Right. You build that relationship. Yes. They know what you expect out of them. And each group mm. has only one coach. Mm. So that relationship is really built and they know what, to, what you expect from them. Therefore, no fluff. I like the whole eight-weeks rapid very quickly get yes. the job done get the job done right. and you see results mm. yeah see results 
Um, how should people get in touch with you? What should they? Uh, where should they follow you? What should they? Here's my number. Let's <laughs> mm-hmm. get. It is plus six <laughs> one four. Um, okay. <laughs> they they can follow us in our our Instagram. Okay. So it's power and posture. Okay. And is the symbol so mm-hmm. power and posture. Okay. Or they can follow me. Personally, my Instagram handle is Shimmy Shammy, S-H-I-M-I-S-H-A-M-M-Y. So your Instagram handles will be in the um, description below of the podcast as well. Ah. And how should they start the uh, the, the workshop? Uh, do you all have an online training? Is something coming up? Uh, we do have hmm. an app coming out. All so right. it's called the CS app. Okay. And it's going to host all our programs mm-hmm. that we've done mm-hmm. in the last six years. Okay. Wow. So, yeah. So, you'll have access to all our programs. Mm-hmm. So, we've got eight-week programs and we've got four-week programs. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are launching. Mm-hmm. So excited. We are launching in October. <laughs> in October. Right. <laughs> yes, we're launching in October. Fantastic. That's a fantastic yes. year to launch an app. Yes. Because it's my birthday month, so it's going to be fun. <laughs> my right. birthday month too. Wait, wait. 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 When is too? yours, Ash? 21st October. 21st, then we've got 23rd, Jimmy. and then 27th. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. October, oh. babies. <laughs> <laughs> Superb. Thank you so much for coming down and chatting with us. I can't wait for your next workshop here. Hopefully, Jan. Next Hopefully, Jan. Hopefully, Jan. Jan. Yes. All right. So, either follow me, follow you to find out when the next workshop is going to be in Bombay. And thank you so much for coming, guys. Thank you for having us. Thank you.